All right, so we'll say good evening. Good evening. Let us begin. It's so exciting night tonight. Tomorrow's from Numalacha, and it's actually going to be a, a very exciting shear because we're going to go through the entire Malacha. It's going to be a self-contained, self-contained. And I was already smirking at me. Yes, I, I've said this many times, apparently. No, but this is it. This is going to be a self-contained shear. Um, we are doing. Um, I, I, we're doing all the Malacha of Zora Mir Sashem winnowing. So let's begin. Source number one. Avos Malacha Osabarn Chasracha. So I'll say the great part about this Chabura. Is it's, the first source is very predictable. It's going to be the same first source, Amir Sashem, until we finish Lama Tes Malachas, which is the Mishnah Masech Shabbos on Daf Ayin Gimel Amud Aleph that goes through the list of Malachas. So we'll say, I just also will point out that it's exciting, you know, that kind of every shear we could we could look at that we're getting a little bit further, right? So we've done already Zorea, Choresh, Kotzer, Ma'amer. Now, if you notice, if you're, I am going a little bit out of order. The next Malach is Dosh. Is Dash. We're actually skipping to Zora. Zora literally means winnowing. The reason we're skipping is because I really want to do Dash and Borer, Dash Borer Merakid, but really more Dash and Borer together as a unit. So I don't want to, I don't want to use Lashon of get Zora out of the way, but I want to, Zora is a much shorter self contained Malacha, so we'll do it first. So what's Zora? So again, I both say, so I just want to point out, we'll see again, so the, little, the r- literal English translation is winnowing. Rashi says over Zora, Barachas Luruach. So ultimately, again, Rabbi say we're going to see that what is the Malach of Zorah. So interestingly enough, remember, you have a pile of wheat. You've threshed the wheat. The point of threshing the wheat, we're going to see, is to go ahead and begin the process of separating the wheat from the chaff. That process of separating what we will later on call ochel from psolas, right? Parts that, are, parts, that, parts that are consumable from the parts that are not consumable. That is a multi-stage and a multi-step process. Multiple parts, right? If anyone needs sheets, I don't know if there are comments on the bima, but there's uh, plenty. Is there are bima also? Okay, perfect. If they're not here, there are also plenty, plenty up front. Is the root of the word for soul possible? Yeah, absolutely. Same, same thing. Same thing, correct. The part you don't want. So we're going to see that there, in, the, in the agricultural process, there are actually multiple parts associated with separating the wheat from the chaff. So dash, threshing, is going to be the first part. The process of zora is a very simple idea. You take, like the classical way that you would have done it is you take a winnowing fork, right, or a pitchfork. You go ahead and you plunge it into the wheat. You throw the thing of wheat up into the air. And again, the wind itself separates out the chaff. The chaff itself is, the chaff is lighter then the wheat, so the psoles is lighter than the ochal. So you throw it up in the air, and the wind pretty much does the job of separating out the wheat from the chaff. That's what Rashi says over here, Barachas Ruach. The malacha of Zora is separating out. So the parts you don't want from the parts that you do want with the assistance of wind. Again, we'll drill down on that a little bit more. So the Gemara number three asks a very interesting question. The Gemara says, I don't understand. Hazora, Borer, Tochin, Merakeit, Hainu Zora, Hainu Borer, Hainu Merakeit. And I will say, again, this will make a little bit more sense as we go on, but when you look at the list of Malachos, they appear to be incredibly repetitive. Remember again, Zora, Winnowing, Bora, Separating, Merakeit, Sifting. It's all the same Malacha. It's all the same Malacha. All of them are, are just different ways to go ahead and separate out Ochal from Psolas, to separate what you do, or I should say, to separate the psolas, what you don't want, and to have what you do want remain. So the Mar is asking, again, why would you have, wh- wh- how does it make sense to have three malachos that are effectively the same thing? So the Mar is actually a very interesting answer. The Gemara says, you're right. They are the same thing. In essence, they're the same thing. But Abayi, Rav, Darmit, Abayu, Kol Milsa, Dahavim, Mishkan, 
So the Gemara gives a very interesting answer. And the answer the Gemara gives is, listen, where do Malachas come from, right? Where do Lamites Malachas come from? Where do they come from? The Mishkan. So really, anything that was done in the Mishkan, and again, I, I didn't mention it outside this time, but we all know, again, where, where, was, where was Zora done in the Mishkan? So it's always the same answer, right? For now, right? Either, again, for the herbs, Right? Again, for the different plants that they made the dyes from. That's Rashi's, that's Rashi's uh, answer. Or again, the lechem aparim, showbread. Fine. So therefore, the Gemara says over here, you're right. It turns out that Zora, Borer, and Merakit are all the same thing. But all three of them were done on the Mishkan. So because all three of them were done on the Mishkan, therefore, Halach so they are reckoned as three separate Malachas. Three separate Malachas. Okay. I'll say just an interesting idea. We'll come back to that concept in just a little bit. So Rashi says over here, Rashi says, So again, just, just Rashi explains the Gemara a little bit more. Rashi says, you know, the Tana of our Mishnah splits these three malachas into, or splits these three things into three distinct malachas. Again, so Rashi just explains the Gemara's Kasha. It's all the same thing. You're separating out Ochel from Psolas. So why do you need three separate times? Again, to which the Gemara answers, you're right. This is actually going to be very important as we go on. So in reality, Zora, Bora, and Merakeid are really all the same thing. Right? Truth is, Dash is, is also the same thing. Dash is also the same thing. But again, because in the agricultural process, each of these things was done separately, each of them represent a different way to separate Ochel from Psolas, therefore they are reckoned as separate Molochos. Okay, good. Yeah. Right, except they're, they're all avos. I'm saying, that, that's obviously the reason. Right, I'm saying because... reason for that. No, because the, the reason you can't do that is because... That, that, that's kind of what Gemara is saying. is because they were all done. Right. In other words, a tolda... I'm saying that's an observation. Oh, right, I got it, got it, right. right that, that, that would have worked, that would have worked if the Mishnah would have counted them, right, but not necessarily, but they wouldn't have occurred. The, the interesting part over here is, in the agricultural process... You're actually doing this process of separation at four distinct intervals. And even though they're all the same malacha, which is incredibly unique. So I'll say it is interesting to point out that out of the 39 malachas, you know, you have Zora, Choresh, I'm sorry, uh, sorry, Dosh, Dosh, Zora, Bora, and Merakid. So it is interesting to see that four out of the 39 are actually the same malacha. The same halacha, just done in different ways. Okay. In number five, the Rambam writes, Hazora el Ohaborer kigro geras chayit. So we'll say this Rambam is important. Why? Because Rambam here gives the shear. Remember again, every malacha has a shear. Every malacha has an amount that you have to go ahead and do in order to transgress. So how much winnowing do you have to do in order to be in violation of the malacha? Kigro geras, the size of a dried fig. So you'd have to winnow the amount of food, the amount of produce, the size of a dried fig. If you look at the last two lines in the Rambam, middle, middle of that second line, he just re- restates again what the Gemara said before. Shazora, Shazora, Domen Inyonim All of these malachas seem to be the same. So the Rambam gives, Rambam just codifies the answer given by Bayi and Rava in number three. That even though, again, they are all the same aloha, since they were each distinctly done in the Mishkan, therefore they are reckoned separately. And I will say, if you take a look, I'm just going to go out of order for just a second. The Nishmas Adam in number seven writes, Shayech rak So 
So first of all, it's actually important, right? So again, the Malach of Zorah only applies to things that grow from the ground. Now, obviously, again, you already know what we're going to get into, although we're not going to see this as much by Zorah. We'll see it by Dosh and by Bor and by Merakit, that ultimately, that, um, that, Although midoraisa, they only apply to gidili karka, to things that grow from the ground. Midrabanon, there may be certain additional prohibitions, but we'll leave that for now. Point this was Adam is saying is Merakiv only applies to gidili karka, things that grow from the ground. We're going to come back to that in a very interesting application in just a little bit. Now, we'll say perhaps one of the most interesting machloksim when it comes to 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 Zora. And look, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know that. Zora is, is of the most riveting of the malachas, although we are going to see some pretty incredible stuff in just a little bit. But one of the interesting machloks in that comes up is as follows. Take a look at number six. The Tal Oros writes as follows. He says, V'da deleka chiyuva de Zora ela dafka ki ha'gavna shema'aviras ha'psolas al yidei haruach. So this is interesting. The Tal Oros says that the malacha of, of Zora is only when utilizing wind as the vehicle of separation, right? It's the vehicle of separation. Has the dafka be done with the wind? Because again, they will say just on the most basic level, that's how it was done agriculturally. Okay. So we'll say, so, and by the way, I, I just want to point out, love dafka is Rashi, right? Because Rashi is just describing how Zora was done. Rashi is not necessarily commenting on the parameters of the malacha, right? How, how remember, this Mishnah is talking about the malachos as they were done in the Mishkan. So the malacha done in the Mishkan, again, in the agricultural sense, was done. The reason why I'm saying, you'll see why I'm saying that before, because we'll see where Rashi falls into this. But the Tal Oros writes again, halacha only chayiv zora if done with the wind. writes over here something very interesting. Number eight, so I'll say, what happens if you have something in your hands and you blow on it? And I'll say, the classic case that's given by the, by the post game, interestingly enough, is if you have peanuts, right? So you know, like, when you open up peanut from a shell, you have, like, that um, brown stuff on it. I don't know what the, what is it called? What is it? A membrane? That's what it's called? That's the technical? Peanut membrane. Okay, fantastic. Doesn't sound very appetizing, though. All right, all right, all right. But, 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 I guess you're not supposed to eat it. Right, so, so again, I'll say, so the interesting part would be, what about taking something and blowing on it? Blowing. So in other words, I'm not utilizing the wind, but essentially what I'm doing is I'm winnowing, just I'm winnowing with my breath, right? I'm winnowing by blowing on it. So it's interesting. The Tal Oros would say, that's not Zora. Zora Dafka is with wind, is with Ruach. That's how it was done in the Mishkan, and that's the Malacha. Rabbi Nochananel says, no, not necessarily. Or he says, no, I'm sorry. He says, Halacha Lamaisa, it's Zora even if you blow with your mouth, right? Even if you, even if... You, 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 what's the, what's the word? Blow, blow. Yeah, blow on it, blow on it. Ultimately, again, that is going to be called Zorah's also. Both sides. So a very interesting machlokes, a very interesting machlokes. Again, I, I don't know that it's so shy that people hold stuff in their hands and blow on it, but, but Lamaisa, again, technically speaking, you have an item that is gidule karka. It has some stuff mixed in with it. You know, you know enough, that, yes. No, 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 it's not what he says. He says again, Uber, uh, right? He says, Viniva ba ruach piv, ruach piv, Uber. Why would you say that? Uh, no, I'm saying, I, I hear, but that's not what he's saying. But in other words, that, that, in other words what, 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 what would be the Havamina there? If there's wind, so what I'm doing or not doing doesn't make any difference. 
that it's a Messiah. Uh, no, that's not what he said. I mean, I think it's a great idea, but it's wrong. No, because no, Dafka, only, only because this is brought down as the Machlokas Rishonim on this, right? The Dafka, not, not Messiah. We'll get, we'll see some cases of Messiah in just a little bit. So Salib so is getting, getting a little bit ahead of us. And we'll get that. Yeah. Okay, so this is not talking about blowing in general. No, we'll get, yeah, yeah. Let's get in, let's get in. Here we go. So we have a fundamental machlokis over here, a fundamental machlokis between again Tal Oros and Rabbeinu Chanan. Tal Oros, it's only Zorea, only sorry, not Zorea, Zora, only Zora if it's the wind. Rabbeinu Chananel, even if you're blowing on it with your mouth. Okay, so now watch this. So one, one more Maramakam on this. The Arach Hashulchan writes in number nine, and the truth is we don't really have to go through the entire Arach Hashulchan. But if you skip down to the end, the last line, I don't know if I underlined it on your sheets. Good. So, so Arach HaShulchan writes again, not, not to say that the previous part is unimportant, but just look at the last. So I just want to point out that again, the Arach HaShulchan himself aligns himself with the Tal Oros, that to blow on something with your mouth is totally mutter. Now, let me go back to Leib's point for just a moment. It appears that the post can hold that when you have, you know, what Leib was describing before of like blowing together with the wind, it's like a misayaya. Talocha seems to say if there's wind involved, it's wind. It's wind. In other words, we, we, don't, we don't get into is it the wind that's doing it? Is your breath that's doing it? As long as there's what, you know, the halacha actually, like a ruach mitsuya, just like a regular wind, which we assume exists on, our, on a general day, that's Zohar. Everybody's going to agree in that case. You don't, you don't even have to get into Misayeh or anything like that. So again, the Arach HaShulchan telling us that to blow on something with your mouth is absolutely mutter. So like according to the Arach HaShulchan, you have your handful of peanuts, the, you have the, the membrane there, you just want to blow it off. I just want to point out, it's a big machlok, it's supposed to be allowed to do that or not. So you have again, the Tal Oros would say yes, the Arach HaShulchan would say yes, the Abenu Hanano would say, Isudaraisa. All right, so let's, let's do a couple more cases. Number 10. So again, I'm going a little bit out of order over here with the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnah Bura, but you'll see why in just a moment. Number 10. He says, so I'll say, so over here, the Mishnah <coughs> seems to indicate that the idea over here is as follows, that to go ahead and, we'll see, but to go ahead and let's say take something cupped in your hands, cupped in your hands, and to go ahead and blow on it. So, that, so the Mishnah says, it's ideal not to do it. So what do you see from here? Something very interesting, which is the Mishnah himself seems to be machmir in accordance with the position of, of the Rabbeinu Hananel that even blowing on something with your mouth is going to be the Malach of Zorah. Now, love Dafka, that that's going to be the Malach of Doraisa, right? But nevertheless, it's going to be a Malach He says, He brings out something else over here, which is kind of like shifting things from one hand to another. What happens when you shift things from one hand to another? So, right, so in other words... Here's what's interesting is, so first of all, often the psolas, whatever the psolas is, falls away. And we'll say in that case, essentially, what are you doing? To a certain degree, you're also creating your own wind. In other words, it could also be that there's like a third category. There's ruach, right? There's ruach piv. And there's, I guess, what you would call just like ruach created by motion, right? By motion, almost like a fanning. In other words, we'll say, here's what I want to point out. 
According to the Rabbeinu Hanano, who holds that blowing on something is a form of zora, it's not just blowing on something. It would be what else? Fanning it. In other words, what Rabbeinu Hanano is adding on over here is that any type of created wind that is ultimately used to separate out impurities is a problem of zora. So in other words, on Shabbos, you have a fan that's running and you walk over again with your peanuts, right? And the peanuts blows away the membrane. So ultimately, again, according to Rabbi Hanan, that is going to be zora as well. He's just using Ruach Piv as an example. Yeah. Not, which, the, with when, the, when you're moving, you won't, isn't that more like a Oh, good. So we'll, we'll talk about that. The truth is, the idea of, of merakid, really with sifting, usually involves a kli, not done by hand. That's why it's not calling it merakid. Yeah, again, it, we're going to see there's a lot of overlap with these, with these halachas as well. He's bringing it down as part of Zora because it's almost like the created wind by going back and forth. So again, so, we'll say, so we have this fundamental machlokas, the one case that everybody seems to agree with, number 11, So here's what you could do. Here's what you could do, interestingly enough. So apparently, throwing stuff up and down with one hand is not Zora. Is not Zora. Because the malacha of Zora itself either is two hands or with a kli. But one hand is enough of a, of a shinu, of a departure from the way this malacha is done to be doma to malacha at all. Okay, so again, before we turn the page, what we're looking at over here is really our fundamental machlokas as to whether or not Zora only applies to wind, or does it create, or we'll call it natural wind, or does it go ahead and apply even to created wind as well? What are cases of created wind? Either number one, again, blowing on it with your mouth, right? Be fanning something, fanning something, or for that matter, again, throwing it up and down or transferring it from hand to hand. But apparently going ahead and menafet biyado, one hand, enough of a shinui, not going to be the malacha. Okay, interesting. I will say, let me show you, number 12 is where it really gets quite fascinating. So the Ramah here quotes, the Ramah here quotes Yerushalmi. So the Yerushalmi writes as follows. Yerushalmi writes, Haga, listen to this. Harokek beruach b'shabis, varuach mefazer harok, chayev mishum zora. So we'll say, this is fascinating. If you spit on Shabbos, and there's wind, and there's wind, ultimately, again, the wind is mefazer, the rok. It scatters. It scatters the saliva. That's called zora. That's called zora. Right, spitting into the wind, spitting. And by the way, I just want to point out. Remember, the malach of zora is when there's a ruach mitsuya, a ruach mitsuya. When do we assume there's a ruach mitsuya? Always. In other words, the concept in halacha that there's just a common wind always applies. That's why it's called the ruach mitsuya. Right? It's called mitsuya because it's matsui. So the assumption always is that whenever you're walking around, there's a ruach mitsuya. So therefore, the Ramah over here quotes the any, over here you can see quotes the Yerushalmi. Ma'ariel b'shem Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says you should not spit into the wind on Shabbos because the wind goes ahead and scatters the saliva, and this is called zora. This is called zora. I'm sorry? So obviously we have to be talking about a situation over here where there's no issue of Zorea, right? It's paved. No, no, sorry. We said it's only... Oh, 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 good. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Excellent, excellent. Hold on. Look at number 14. Look, we're going out of order for just a moment. Number 14. So the Mishnah says, he writes, 
Well, actually, before we get to 14, I will say, so just to show you an interesting application of this Yerushalmi, take a look at number 13. So this is from the uh, Rabbi Ribiat back, Rabbi, Rabbi Ribiat book. 39 Malachas, Zorah. He writes, one should not shake out a tablecloth against the wind, thereby causing the crumbs to become dispersed by the force of the wind. So incredible. Incredible. So I'll say, this is like pretty dramatic. Now, again, we'll see what the halacha lamaisa is. I just want to point out, he's quoting this when he gives this example. It's one of the examples he gives. He gives this in the section that speaks about the Yerushalmi that the Ramah just quoted. We have to see what we do with this Yerushalmi. I will say, but again, it's, it's a real reimagination of the malacha of, of Zora, right? Because again, Zora, as it started out in the Mishkan, was wheat and chaff. The goal of the wind was to go ahead and separate out the wheat from the chaff. Suddenly now, again, what you have over here is the Yushami taking a totally different turn and saying, anytime you utilize wind to break apart something, to split apart something, that's called Zora. And therefore, spitting into the wind, uh, shaking out the tablecloth is going to be Zora. Yeah. Well, blowing on your hat or garment could be a potential different issue of malabin, of laundering, of laundering. Um, it deb- yeah, I, I guess it could. I guess it could apply. I guess it could apply. Anything that you're blowing into the wind, right? Anything that you're blowing to scatter it could potentially be that issue. But again, it's not getulei karka. It doesn't grow from the ground, so it wouldn't be zora. Yeah, Kyra, give, give me, give me, give me like, give me like two. Let, let me, let me just get through this piece, then I'll take your question. So we'll say, so let's let's go a little bit weiter. So Mishtabura, Mishtabura is number fourteen. So okay, so here now we have the Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi, take a look now at the Mishtabura, number fourteen. Okay, so that's why again we calm down a little bit about the Yerushalmi. Right, the Mishtabura says no one holds like this. No one holds like this. So far as it says, because again, somebody's spitting into the wind. What's their kavana? What's their kavana? Right? right. We will see that in the Mishnah. Again, on a more basic level, just again, the idea is to just expel saliva. I don't have any kavana to separate out anything like that in the wind. This is not what's now. What does that mean? This is not the derech of Zora. What does that mean? What does that mean? It doesn't resemble the malacha at all. Why not? say, remember again, Zorah is in what family? In what family? The Dash family, right? Dash, Borer. It's taking two items that are mixed together and separating them. That, 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 that's, the, that's the Ikra Malacha. This does not have any signs of that, right? This does not have any, any similarity to that. So therefore, Allah Chalamais, the Mishnah says, I, again, we'll say, what we're not doing tonight is there is a whole svara for the Yerushalmi, right? So the Yerushalmi, again, didn't just make up this concept. There's a whole piece with the Arzarua. Again, we're not really going to get into the lundus of it, but suffice it, Mishnah Bura says, nobody holds like this. Okay, now, say, now watch the Berhalacha number 15. So this is actually quite interesting over here. So the Berhalacha quotes Rabbi Kiveger. So if you notice again, Mishnah Bura number 14 quotes Chidush Rabbi Kiveger, and the Berhalacha gets a little bit more into this. This is actually really interesting, Berhalacha. He writes, so we'll say, Rabbi Kiva Eger deals in the following situation. Let's say I have some water that I want to pour out. Again, assuming that we're not going to run into a Zorea issue like we learned about before. So I just want to lean out my window and go ahead and pour out some water outside. So am I allowed to do that or not? Varuach mefazer hatipos. 
Echad Lakan, the Echad Pona Lakan, Ichai Mishum Zora. So the Kiva Eger deals with this Shaila. I want to pour some water out of my window, and the wind is going to scatter the droplets in different directions. Am I allowed? Is that the Malach of Zora or not? So he writes, Vehela, Litsadid Harbela Hakil, Midi Shmitwa Poskan Yerushami, Shmami no, to Los Sirilakain. So what's the Kiva Eger says, Los? We all know the Yerushami, right? Yerushami says, This is Zora. This is Zora. Rabbi Kiva Eger says, But no one quotes the Yerushami. No one quotes it. In other words, I will say, it's not codified in the Rambam. It's not codified in the Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah quotes it. The Ramah is the one halachic codifier who quotes it, who brings it up. Right? So he goes there and he says, Ela de Melecha Zorahu came borer, de Mevarer Psolas Mitoch Ochel. So again, I will say, says Rabbi Kiva Eger, because again, it's, you can't, how can you tell me that this is Zora? Zora, I will say, is in the Dosh family, the Borer family, the Merakid family. That ultimately, again, what does it mean? You have a mixture and you want to separate out Ochel from Psolas. That's Zoras. But in this case, you're utilizing the wind or, or maybe even more, utilizing your breath or utilizing movement, right? Or a fan. Aval Bekulo Psolas and Ochaimishum Zora. I will say, but if it's all Psolas, so what does he mean, mean when he says it's all Psolas? What does that mean? Or is you're pouring out the water. Right? In other words, you, obviously, you're pregnant, you don't want the water. So for your purposes, all that water is psolas. So again, it doesn't matter if you call it all ochel or you call it all psolas. Either way, it's not zora. Why? Because there's no mixture. There's no mixture. If there's no mixture, and there's not something you're looking to discard, something you're looking to keep, then Lamaisa said, that's not called zora. So he goes on, he says, V'af ledas harama, yesh dehu dafka berok. So this is very interesting. Furthermore, furthermore, that I'm, furthermore, Rabbi Kiva Eger says, this is all the Baruch Hu Rabbi Kiva Eger. Furthermore, it could even be that if you want to be machner like the Yerushalmi, maybe it's only with spit, with saliva. With saliva. Now why? And this, this goes to Zevi's point. He's like, look, watch this. Now again, remember, why does the saliva case even get off the ground? Besides the fact that there's no mixture... Right, it's, it can't really be called Zora. So saliva is not gidule karka. So why do we have Zora? This is actually pretty wild. Adam nikra gidule karka. A person is called gidule karka. Now, I'll say now this is interesting. Now, why would a person be called gidule karka? Because since a person is nourished, this is not even like a, like a deep esoteric idea that Adam comes from Adama. It's much more pashad. I mean, that, that's a good svara also, but it's much more pashad. We'll say. Human beings are sustained, are sustained. By the way, the Gemara has a Havamina like this also, that Balechaim, that animals should be considered like Gedule Karko, since they are nourished from the ground. There's this concept that when something is nourished from the ground, it has the din of Gedule Karko. So this is actually pretty wild. So therefore, Rabbi Kiva Eger says, says, it could very well be that even if you want to say that Zora applies in the Ramah's case, it's only because it's saliva. Saliva comes from a person. A person is Gedule Karka, so maybe saliva has a din of Gedule Karka, which is incredible. He says, Aval, lo b'mayim. De lo have Gedule Karka. So say, this is interesting. But what doesn't it apply to? It won't apply to water, because water is not Gedule Karka, which is, which, is, which is fascinating. So... He, it comes from a spring, but he'll say it, it doesn't come, it's not created by the earth, right? Kidule Karka is something created by the earth. The water, even though it's housed, again, I will say, I, I, I just want to point out, you, you have to appreciate the premise that the Behalach is coming from, right? The premise that Behalach is coming from, right, which is Rabbi Kiva Eger, the Mishnah Bura, no one follows this Yerushalmi. 
he's just trying to figure out, but yet interest, and no one, no one quotes it except the Ramah. So he's intrigued by why the Ramah brings it up, and maybe why the Ramah brings it up in the case of Roke, right? In the case of saliva. Because maybe it's only in the case of saliva, because maybe saliva is a din of Gidile Karka, but even Mayim doesn't have a din of Gidile Karka, and therefore no Zora applies to it. So therefore I will say, what comes out over here is as follows, that you see a very interesting machlokes over here about this Yerushalmi. So essentially, does Zora apply? Does Zora apply when you go out and you scatter something utilizing the wind, but I'm not separating anything? Right? I'm not separating anything. Now, what I want to point out is as follows. To be clear, remember, there's no Zohar if it's not Gidule Karka. So everyone agrees you need the Gidule Karka piece. So the Shaila is, is it called Zohar if you're not separating out different components, but you're just using the wind to scatter something? So that's why, going back to number 13, and third Amalach, he brings up this case of shaking out the tablecloth. They'll say, what are you doing when you shake out the tablecloth? What's the goal? What's the goal? To scatter, to scatter the crumbs, right? That's what I'm doing. I'm using the wind, both created by the shaking of the tablecloth and whatever wind exists outside, right? To go ahead and, and disperse any schmutz that accumulate. That, that is the goal. So according to the Yerushalmi, and again, assuming food items are going to be do, do like karka also, right? So therefore, again, according to the Yerushalmi, that would be the malacha of Zora. So say, so just, now again, I, I don't know that I know anyone who's machmir on this. I mean, I think many people could definitely begin relying on this, not to have to shake out the tablecloth, you know, after, you know, your wife asks you to shake out the tablecloth, you know, I would, I would, but you know, I'm really trying hard to work on myself. And this week, I'm going to be better in Zora. That, that's, that's my new Kabbalah. So I'll say, but again, so I don't know, I've never, I've never seen anyone, that, I've never seen anyone that, that's machmir on this, but again, should you run into someone who is machmir on this, again, it's based on the Yerushalmi. Based on the Yerushalmi. Good. So I'll say, so take a look, take a look, um, the Shulchan Arach Harav in number 16 essentially espouses the same idea as Rabbi Kiva Eger, as the Berhalocha, as the Mishnabur in number 16. He says, mm-hmm. So here, Shulchan Arach says explicitly, it's only called Zora. It's only called Zora if you have a mixture of items. And you are utilizing the wind. Again, whether you're creating your own wind or you're utilizing natural wind to separate out components. He says, Aval, However, again, if you're just utilizing wind to scatter stuff, but it's scattering without separation, that is not going to be a problem of, of Zora. Okay, Chevro, whoever who had, who had questions before, before we went on, did I answer them? Yeah? So the peanut. Yes. So peanuts crack them open at the membrane. You know, sitting there. Yeah. And if you don't, it's a windy day. You shouldn't hold your hand out. That is correct. Nor, nor should you go ahead and blow on it in order to go ahead and blow, blow away the shells. Because, again, I will say, actually, I, I thank you for bringing this up again. We are generally machmir, like the opinions that say that Zora is not just with wind, with natural wind, but Zora will be even with you blowing on it or with a fan or with anything else. So in the peanut case, and you can have this, you can see this case come up like with nuts, right? Peanuts aren't the only things that have like, whatever, whatever kind of nuts you have, so you just want to get rid of the, the membranes or whatever, the, the psolas, 
you can't blow on it. That would be the malacha of, of Zora. Shabbosai, there's one more interesting application of this, of this discussion, which is actually quite fascinating. If you take a look at number 17, so the Minchas Yitzchok writes as follows. Like here, I'll just quote to you the, the tshuva over here, and then we'll see the mechanics. It's Be'inyan Pizor Samemonim Perfume B'Shavis. So Shabbosai, essentially what he's asking over here is about, he says, Ayide Lechitza Bepekak Sheberosh Habakbuk Spray. Spray. Right? So we'll say, so he says aerosol cans. Aerosol. So the shaila is over here, we'll say, so is an aer- use of an aerosol can, is that a problem of Zora? Because essentially, again, you're kind of taking something and you're scattering it into the, into the, into the world. Is that a problem? So the Minchasis, I will say, actually has a very long show on this. I just wrote, quoted one line, which is his conclusion. So Michasit says there's no Zora. Now, we'll say, now, why not? Take a look at number 18. So once again, in the 39 Malacha Sefer, he has a very nice discussion about this. He says as follows. He says, common aerosol spray dispensers, such as those commonly used for hairsprays, deodorants, room fresheners, operate by the use of certain propellants, that are sealed inside the container with the liquid spray product under pressure. Depressing the push button on the valve releases pressure, thereby forcing the liquid up, up a tube and through the valve. Again, I don't, think that, I don't know if the picture came out clearly enough that you can see all the different uh, pieces there. The liquid turns into a spray mist as it is released from the nozzle, the igris motion. So we'll say, here's what's interesting. Rav Moshe doesn't have a tshuva on this. There's not a tshuva in igris motion. This tshuva is actually quoted, you know, Rabbi Shimon Eider has a book, Hilcho Shabbos, Halachos of Shabbos, and in the back of it, he has like a number of things that he learned from Rav Moshe. So that's where this is quoted from. It's interesting, it doesn't appear in Igros Moshe. Okay. See, Igros Moshe permits the use of aerosol cans on Shabbos because the scattering is not caused directly by blowing or wind force, but rather by the pressure of the liquid as it is forced through the microconduits in the nozzle head. So I'll say, isn't that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating? Again, which I will say, it makes sense. Zora, the malacha is only Zora when there's wind. When there's wind. I, it could be natural wind. It could be wind created by my mouth, but it's got to be wind. Ramosha says, it's not a wind force that ultimately creates the spray. The pressure of the liquid as it is forced through the microconduits in the nozzle head. Incredible. Since the scattering is not directly caused by wind, it is not similar to Zora and is therefore permissible. So we'll say, so that's an important halacha piece that again, a person wants to use an aerosol can, wants to use an aerosol can, or yeah, an aerosol can on Shabbos, not a problem of Zora. He does put even in here on the note that perfume and deodorant sprays may only be applied to one's skin, not to one's clothing. So we'll say, so again, we actually, I think we learned this in Smichas Chavar, I think, I, I, I think we covered it. I don't, I don't remember. I said the idea of molid reach, the idea of creating scent in clothing. It's a whole discussion, again, exactly what that is. Is it makeh bepatish? Is it potentially binyan bekelim? Whatever it is, but you're not allowed to. It's actually very important. So let's say a person wants to you know, put on some type of perfume or, 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 um, or um, what was it? Cologne, thank you. You know, right? So deodorant, you normally apply on skin. Let's say a person has like a, like a body spray or something. You can't like put that on your undershirts, right? You can't, you can't put that on clothing that only goes on your skin. But again, different topics. So both say, interestingly enough, and I'm not aware of anyone who is cholic on this aerosol can uh, sock. Yes? So this, this would be the same for heating in the, in the case of a cologne spraying something that doesn't use aerosol. 
Oh, like a like a perfume pump. Yes. Yeah. Same idea. In other words, correct. He he he's only he's only I think he's only bringing up aerosol cans. Because, yeah. No, because the assumption is when you're going ahead and you're shaking out your tablecloth, stuff that is firmly embedded is not coming off. The only time you can get into a potential issue of malabing is like when something is adheres and like you really have to scratch it off. I'll say, okay, that could work. Okay, true. That, that could be fine. That could be fine if it's loose enough that it just comes off easily. Then you're correct. It is malab. It would not be malabing. Correct. Yes. Correct. Correct. Remember, that's why I brought it up in the context of the Yerushalmi, right? The tablecloth case is only a problem according to the Yerushalmi, right? And that's why, again, I, I think you bring this up. I just want to be clear. The example on the tablecloth, the number thirteen. That's why Dafka put it over here by the Yerushalmi. This is if you subscribe to the, to, to the Yisod of the Yerushalmi, that there is a concept of Zora, even without a mixture of Ocham Psalz, but rather the Malach of Zora could even be having something Dafka scattered by the wind, that's where the tablecloth comes up. And that's why, again, Allah Chalamaisa, it would appear for our purposes, the tablecloth doesn't really go ahead and cause any problems. So, both say that, so now, just to kind of bring everything together, both say, I did it. I left him in, who was laughing at me before, right? Right? So again, so that that is that is the entire I mean th- there's more, there's a lot more lumdis. There's a lot more lumdis in Zora, but I will say, but but this is what we're going to cover in this Malacha. So again, to kind of bring it all together, kind of bring it all together, the major machloksim to continue to keep in mind is again definition of malacha, everybody's pretty much on the same page about sheer, no one argues grogeras. Why rep- repetitive malachas? That's what was done in the Mishkan. Fundamental machlokis number one is does Zora only apply with wind or does it apply even by blowing or by fans? So both say, so that's machlokis number one. How do, what do we do in that machlokis? General consensus is we're machmir. We're machmir. So therefore the malacha of Zora will not only apply with natural wind, but will also apply if you blow on something as well. So again, we, we, I just keep, yes. Okay, so the aerosol, when you're dealing with spray foams, so spray, spray, spray foams are going to be a little bit different. Going to be a little bit different because the like the whipped cream cases. So let's save that. Let's save that for a different time because they're already again that could be a potential no lud case or molid case where you're creating something something new. So the idea of taking a liquid and turning it into a mist is not is not considered to be a no lud case. But okay, we'll we'll get to those as well. So well, since that's machlokis number one, ultimately again, is it wind or is it any type of blowing? Machmir, any type of blowing. That's Machlokis 1. Machlokis 2, Rabosai. Machlokis 2 is the Yerushalmi and pretty much the rest of the world. Right? So again, it's not just Yerushalmi or Zarua. Does the Malacha of Zora only apply when you have a mixture? Or can it apply even to a non-mixture that you are dafka scattering into the wind? Yerushalmi, even a non-mixture that you're using to scatter into the wind, so you can't spit into the wind if the wind is going to spit apart the saliva. You can't shake out the tablecloth if the tablecloth, if the wind is going to scatter, scatter the crumbs. But also, we saw the Mishnabura, Rabbi Akiva Eger, the Ber Halocha, the Shochan Arach Harav, all who pass in that there is no need to be concerned for this. 
at most, maybe, 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 in the case of saliva, maybe in the case of saliva, but even then, that was not to be Kiveger trying to understand where the Yerushalmi was coming from, but there is no need to be machmer. This and say, lastly, Min Chasitzel, Ramosha, both Paskin, that Halacha said there is no Zora issue with aerosol cans. Why not? Because it's not the wind that is producing that mist, but rather, again, it's the mechanics inside of the, air, the, inside of the cans themselves that are, creating the, the, that are creating the mist that goes forth. Everybody say, Shkoya. All right, next week, coming attractions. So, say, so now, now, by the way, next week is where things begin to really get, get very exciting because we're going to start again with the Malachos of Dash Borer, Meraki. So there we're going we're gonna to spend some good amount of time in those, uh, in those, in those Malachos. Shkoyach, Abra. Shkoyach, Shkoyach. Great promise. Add up to a desire.